on the beach and poetry readings then this isn't for you this is skidmark show powered by Pennzoil. hey this is mike ring from the ring brothers and you're listening to the skidmark show this is power man 5000 you're listening to the skidmark show all right ladies and gentlemen here we are at the skidmark show number one on itunes ladies and gentlemen better filming right here we got it skidmark show right here skidmarkshow.com i gotta go get a bit time i gotta get five five over there on some of the five over there and i gotta get five five i gotta get five over thousand dollars Six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand, eight hundred nine nine. Sold them right there. You got them for a million dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new episode of Skidmark Show. Now, on this one, we got to get you out of here because you have a gigantic rally that you're going to go race in, right? That's right. It's the Gold Rush Rally. Mentally, I'm already there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure physically most of you is already there, too, <laughs> shipping you off in pieces. That's right. So, um, being as I am the race king, I wanted to give you some pieces of advice. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I need. Um, tires go on the bottom. Okay. Yeah. Good. It, it helps to keep the road rash off the rest of the car. <laughs> Might want to try that one. Okay, good. Um, well, I wrapped the whole car, too. So that's oh, extra, so you can roll it and it'll be fine. Extra protection. Extra protection. <laughs> Did you put a condom on Benzilla? Pretty much. All right, then. <laughs> it's a multicolored one though. Um, don't forget, if it starts to act funny, you might need gas. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good thing to realize. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to need some V power. <laughs> you and Meg are going to be in the car the whole time. This is how long? Like Correct. seven days? It's actually nine. Nine days? Nine days. We never get out of the car. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we actually stop at night and get out for a few hours. Right, which right. is nice. It's a good thing you like each other. It is. You may not at the end of this. Well, that's the one thing that we've always done on road trips. Uh-huh. If one person starts eating corn nuts, so does the other one. Oh, okay. Because you don't want the whole one person to smell feet could the whole time. You, could you not just have a complete ban on corn nuts in general? Just like well, no sometimes corn you need corn nuts. You Some, know? So, sometimes you just need I some corn nuts. I didn't think I would ever hear that phrase being uttered. Sometimes well, no, you need corn thing, nuts. If you're going to eat corn nuts, because they're not. entertaining yes. when you're driving long distances, it's good to have some corn nuts. Okay. But if you're going to have them, you need to make sure that the other people in the car yeah. partake. Okay. Otherwise, if just one person's eating corn nuts, it just smells like feet. Right. And that's not good. Okay. But if both people eat them, you can't tell. I'm also going to recommend, despite eating feet, that you might want to get some... Febreze? Yeah. <laughs> Febreze will come in handy. You also might want to get some Bluetooth wireless headphones so that one of you can listen to radio and the other one can listen to their music in case you're not in the same mood. That way you don't want to strangle each other. Or just to make Ooh. sure that you don't have to listen to each other breathe the whole time. You know what? That's an interesting thought because, you know, no manufacturers come up with that yet because yeah. they probably fa- haven't found out how to master that. But if you could mm-hmm. without the headphones yeah. because it's distracting, you would be in the million dollar question. You're talking because, like dual wait, climate, but dual audio. Yes, because uh-huh. think about it. You already have dual climate, yeah. and the GTR does. She uh. can set her temperature to whatever she wants. I can be freezing cold. Yep. Doesn't matter. Notice how I said that. I can be freezing cold. Absolutely. No, but the whole thing is, if you could do that with audio, how cool would that be? Let's see, there you go. Let's get Eric on it. It's a million dollar idea. Right. Don't you think so? Yeah. Okay, and that way you don't strangle each other in the middle of the rally. Right. Right? Right. And you both come out winners, whether or not well, you win. That's the nice part about the gold rush. Yeah. It's all about fashion and driving exotic cars, and there's really no deadlines. I mean, you can be 10 hours late. Speaking of fashion, uh-huh. let Meg dress you. Oh, no, no, let me tell you something. The shoe game's over. Stick shoe- a fork in it. Let me tell you what I did. What'd you get? I just upped this deal. Because all these gold rushers out there, all the- It's you know, all about shoes. All the gold-blooded people that are out there. Right. It's all about shoes, right? And they got these gold shoes, these platinum shoes, yeah. high heel spiked gold shoes. Yeah, I had those. I got the trifecta of gold shoes. You know what I got? What'd you get? I got chicken and waffles vans. Chicken and waffles vans? Yeah, so thing? think about it. Golden chicken. Yeah golden waffle with golden maple syrup all over my shoes. Huh? You know, you could have just gone to Waffle House and spilled some. <laughs> no, <laughs> wait some money. my shoes. Wait, you need to go to the website and check out my shoes. Oh, I well, posted them. Okay, well, I, well, since we can do that, you can get custom-made vans. Why don't we get... I already have the chicken and waffles vans. Skidmark show vans. Those. That's a good idea, but here's the thing. What? How many people have you know that are walking around with chicken and waffles vans? Well... I will be on the gold rush, baby. I never Stick thought... Stick a fork in it, I'm done. I never thought that would have been a thing, but you made it a thing. Skid Marks on the road with Jeff. Hello. Hey, what's happening, brother? Boy, howdy, man. I have just been moving and grooving. We're here in Boston. Can you believe it? I can. I've been looking at the pictures on Facebook. Oh, and by the way, Penzilla looks amazing. She turned out killer, didn't she? She really did. Now, you got to tell me something. It looks like you actually drove Penzilla to Boston for the Gold Rush Rally. Did you drive her across country already? I did. In fact, it was so funny about this is I wanted a pre-rally rally. You know, we put the car together on a 
tight time frame, and I wanted to make sure we didn't have any bugs whatsoever. So once we hit the gold rush, it was smooth sailing. So we decided to do 1,772 miles in two days. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? You, <laughs> you did 1,772 yeah. miles in two days? I sure did. <laughs> Left God. Dallas, Texas, and arrived in Boston two days later. Did you stop for anything, like even to breathe? We, we did stop and spend the night one night and uh, okay. get on the next. Okay, yeah. let, let yeah. me let me put this into perspective because uh, it usually takes me about five hours, say, to get to Lubbock to Dallas. That's 315 miles. Now, if you did 1,702 right. days, if you cut that in half, you're doing about 800 and something miles per day. So Correct. You were driving like minimum nine, no, 15, a lot of hours. Yeah, I think we averaged uh, like uh, 13 and a half a day, I think. But, um, and, and hopefully no uh, police or state troopers are listening to that and do the math backwards. Yeah, but anyway. I was, I was about to say that's uh, like 100 miles an hour. <laughs> Minimum. <laughs> you know, my grandfather used to say, you got to break them in right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but funny, funny story. He used to deliver new cars that people would have him, you know, in Seattle, pick up their new car and drive it to Wyoming. And, and you know, he'd get there and he'd deliver the car. And uh, the people say, well, you know, hey, how long do you think I should, you know, drive it around carefully to break it in? And he goes, oh, don't worry about it. Because from the time he picked it up at the dealership to he delivered it, it was floored. <laughs> <laughs> it's broken in for you, son. It's broken in. You don't have to worry about that break-in period anymore okay so you went from dallas to boston what did you stop and yeah. do anything along the way well you know what we were making such good time uh we came through tennessee <laughs> and i decided you know here's the deal i was i was watching the weather real hot and heavy and, and the whole thing was is, you know I, i'm not afraid of rain i'm not afraid of snow especially with an all-wheel drive gtr that's pushing out 950 horsepower i'm not really afraid of anything but hail oh yes and there was some reports northern because originally what i wanted to do is i wanted to cut up to ohio and a across Pennsylvania and see some country I'd never seen before, and I thought that'd be kind of cool. Plus, there was a couple other reasons. One, AMS is located in Chicago. And Ford's line, who, you know, did my one-off wheels for the car, they're located in Dayton, Ohio. So I thought, hey, if I have any issues along the way, I can just pop right in, we can get it fixed and hit the road. So I wanted to leave myself plenty of time. Anyway, long story short, not Nashville was the turning point. That's where I had to decide whether I was continuing straight or going up north. And when we got there in such good time, I decided I'm going to go over and visit the King. Oh, that you went to Graceland. Grace- I did, I did. And I got to tell you, I was so disappointed. I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, not... not not over his estate. You know, his estate looks great. It was manicured. But when you show there, it's kind of like a carnival. He's got his airplanes across the street. And I thought we could just kind of pull up and have lunch on the grounds. And it was a nice experience. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I was very, I was very shocked. It was kind of a little, you know, it's almost like when you watch that show Vacation and they pull up at Wally World. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I hope when I go to see Dollywood, it's not the same. But. Okay. Well, I, I can tell you, I've been to Opryland, which is similar to Dollywood. Hollywood, okay. and that that was pretty good. But like, do okay, do they have fried peanut butter, bacon, and banana sandwiches at Graceland? Because that was like Elvis's favorite or something, right? They did have peanut butter banana sandwiches, and that's the reason I was going. Oh, you well, they- know, <laughs> a couple of those for lunch. But uh, <laughs> hey, you know, you know, because you know, the King and I toward, couple- towards the end, our physiques are very similar. <laughs> a couple of fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches with some quaaludes on top, and you could be the King. Well, then I thought, well, how cool it would be. I would have bought a jumpsuit if they would have had one. <laughs> for this trip, you can it would have fit right in with this cast of characters on and, the Gold Rush. And you definitely could have done your air guitar thing, and then it would have been awesome. That's right. Now, see, because oh, I've, you know, I've been to Memphis before, but when I was there, I didn't go to Graceland. I did go to the motel that where Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, and that was cool, but not nearly as happy as Graceland. Right. Well, that was my whole thought, because Meg had never been there, and I thought, we'll just cruise through. We'll get some pictures of Pinzella in front of the Graceland, you know, and a, you know, a little homage to the King. Right. You know, Skidmark show on the road, baby. Rock and roll. There's where it started, baby. Now, tell us a little bit more about Gold Rush Rally before we jump off and let you guys get in the car. How long is this, and where is it going? Where is it stopping at? It's eight days. We're going to start in Boston, and actually the first day is kind of a a car show. They're all going to be displayed here at City Hall, where our cars are already in place, and they will actually stay here overnight.
night. And the next morning, we'll get up, we'll get our flag cards, we'll line up, and we'll head to Washington, D.C. Once we get to Washington, D.C., we'll check in there. We've got some things we have to do uh, in that town. And then we're going to go from there to Charlotte. Oh, North, North Carolina, Carolina, race town. Yeah. And guess what? When we get there, we're going on the four wide. And Penzel is going to rock it in the quarter of a mile. Oh, so you're drag racing four wide with the... Oh, that's nice. With exotics. Oh, yeah. Then, once we do that, then we continue from Charlotte, get up that morning, and head to Nashville. Ooh, you get some hot chicken. That's right. And we're going to stay at the Grand Ole Opry, that, that hotel there. Oh, man. And once we get from there, the next morning, see, once we get into Nashville, it's got to be fast. we got to jam from Charlotte to Nashville, get our cars there fast enough so they can get loaded in the transporters because they are going to Colorado Springs, and we're flying into Colorado Springs and meeting our cars to conquer Pikes Peak. Oh, no oh, way. you know what? I almost forgot. We are going to conquer Tale of the Dragon. So not only am I going to do four wide, then I'm going to conquer Tale of the Dragon, which I got my whole Bruce Lee outfit I'm going to wear for that, because he was the dragon. Right. So his spirit is going to help me get through Tale of the Dragon. Then we're going to go conquer Pike's Peak. And what I hear now, there's 15 inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> Some of the two old drive guys are a little scared. But well, not me. I would bet Godzilla. you're going up Pike's Peak, possibly in the snow, in super fast sports cars. Might be a little daunting to people who um, are not good drivers. Well, let me tell you this. I already have my parking in the back seat. So oh, I'm ready to rock. You're set. Okay. <laughs> well, then I tell you what. Why don't you guys get packed up and ready, and uh, I'll call you or you call me from Colorado. How's that? All right, buddy. I'm going to get some chowder. Skid marks on the road with Jeff. Hello. Hey, what's happening, brother? We are in Colorado Springs tonight. We're going to conquer Pikes Peak in the morning, and then we're off to Salt Lake City, which is about a 12-hour drive. Man, you got okay. You're going Pikes Peak and then straight to Salt Lake. Yeah, and what the funny thing about this is, is, is Pikes Peak's optional for these guys. So the diehards are going to conquer it in the morning because we're going up at like five thirty in the morning before anybody's up. Ooh, and then we're going to get back down. We got about an hour and a half to two hours to conquer Pikes Peak. Come back, meet up with the rest of the rally, and then get to heading on to Salt Lake City. You guys are going to have to like super coffee it if you're going to get up early to race more. Right? I mean, rally more. I don't know because you know your adrenaline starts to kick in and it's uh it's kind of like drag racing or anything else so going up pike's peak you know we took pinzel up there last year during the shift sector event and we got three quarters of the way up and unfortunately somebody lost their life and they shut down the the, four, the the last section and that's the section that's the most insane and the coolest because you know it's almost like where the tree line in and right. everything above it's like dead because nothing can survive in that lack of oxygen <laughs> and isn't that kind of where you can see down the mountain how far you would fall if you messed up correct Oh. Yes, that's where there's the, the trees are not going to catch you. Okay, so you were saying when you were in Boston, you were saying that there was snow in Colorado Springs slash Pike Speak. Is it still there? Are the roads still snowy and icy? Uh, we came in today. It's really clear. We're at the hotel. Obviously, there's a major cloud cover, so that could cause an issue in the morning with visibility. And, and you know, the rangers aren't going to take us up if we can't see where we're going. Um, so I'm hoping some of that burns off. But uh, actually, there's been a little bit of rain coming in from Denver. But other than that, it's, you know, I'm. I'm ready to go. I know the car's ready to go. I mean, the high today here is 45 degrees, and it's currently about 39. <laughs> right. It's crisp, but, you know, cars, my car likes to run when it's cold. Okay. Good for it. Speaking of Panzilla, I mean, you guys started this at sea level in Boston. Now you're going to be going yeah. up, what, 14,000 feet up Pikes Peak. Do you have to tweak Panzilla, the engine, the turbos, or anything to manage the altitude changes? You know, I'm running on a conservative tune because you know me. I don't want to break anything. I want to finish. So and that's job one for me. And uh, so we're only running her about 800 horsepower. You don't have her yeah. fully we're, blown then? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, we haven't fully blown her yet. <laughs> so in, anyway, so with that in mind, I don't know how she's going to react in that altitude. I don't know what's going to happen to it. Um, a lot of people with stock cars, especially the Lamborghinis and stuff, had said, you know, going up at that altitude is probably going to throw on their emissions lights and check engine lights because they're going to be starving for oxygen when you get up there. I don't know how she's going to react, but this is all part of the test, you know, and this is all all about conquering these things because we just did, you know, Tale of the Dragon. So I can just put that check mark in the box. Pinzilla conquered Tale of the Dragon conquered the four wide. You know, these little bits of stuff is going to be in the baby book for that car. So that 20 years from now, Eric will be um, asked what all we did with this car. <laughs> I can't believe the outpour of photographers that has been on this rally so far. I mean, every time I punch in the word Penzilla, a new picture shows up and I'm just like, oh, wow, that's breathtaking. So I'm glad they're as excited 
about it as we are. That's fantastic. So do me a favor, and when you're doing Pike's Peak in the morning, don't drive uh, Penzilla off a mountain. Oh, I, I plan not to do that, sir. That's not, um, I didn't pack its parachute. Fast cars, loud music, skid mark show. Back from the gold rush? Back from the gold rush. Yes, I am, and I'm still alive, and that is a big statement on this deal. Well, you say that, but we don't know how fast you got up to yet. It's not about the speed, baby. (laughs) It's about how you look going down the highway. I'm telling you that right now. You know you went fast, and you're just not going to tell anybody. I did go fast. There's a few times (laughs) I went fast, and we're going to talk about those times, Yeah. by the way. Um, Actually, one of the times I went fast was on the uh, four-wide in Charlotte, which was incredible, you know, to be on that drag strip. NHRA-approved four-wide drag strip. Right, and that's where they race four cars at the same time. Technically, yes. Right. Which was interesting because, you know, you're talking about bringing $42 million worth of cars to an event to drag race. You don't see that every day. No. Nobody ever sees Bugatti Veyrons racing each other, 918s, McLarens, Lamborghini Aventadors. I mean, this is what was going on during this event. Yeah, that's something you never see live in person. That's only on TV on special shows and stuff. That's right. So, how did you win? Of course. (laughs) I mean, is there any question? Have you seen my ride? I mean, Penzilla, baby? Come on. I haven't seen Penzilla since you put the upgrades on. Oh, I'm telling you right now, the thing is sick. She's a beast and everywhere she goes, she gets, she's an attention whore. Well, yeah, I noticed that <laughs> she was getting Eric some attention on the Hot Rod Power Tour. Well, that's true. Yeah, so that's nice. I mean, <laughs> if he's Well, he needs a little bit of attention, you know what I mean? He's getting attention from it, the car is doing its job. Yeah, the car The car now that it's a wide body, it's a uh, thousand horsepower, it's a whole different beast, whole different animal. When you're driving it down the road, there's no inconspicuality to it at all. Right. Like before, you know, I kind of could blend in. It was a black GTR. It did have some Pennzoil logos all through right? it, but it was a little more subtle. I gotta now, say, it's like in your face. I know that you guys left uh, some streaks across America everywhere you went. We did. Skid marks across America, baby. I ended in, in Colorado Springs like two days after you guys were in And you Pike saw Bay. my streaks. I saw, well, I didn't necessarily see your streaks, but I saw a gigantic group of uh, car enthusiasts, we'll call them. Many with the little imports with the big exhaust. Oh, right. And they were all gathering because I guess they all wanted to be like you guys on the gold rush. <laughs> they were nowhere near it, but they thought they were cool. Yeah. You know, the interesting part about going to Colorado Springs was we went up Pikes Peak. Right. Which is an epic. I mean, th- that event has been around probably as long as the Indianapolis 500. Almost. As long as Pikes I mean, Peak it, has been there. Well, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, everybody's always been trying to conquer it. They were racing uh, horses and carts up it. And again, what was cool about the Gold Rush family was they shut down the whole mountain for yeah. us. So we got to go up early before anybody else was up there. So we had both lanes of traffic and, uh, you know, we could kind of make our own lines as we went up to the mountain. Unfortunately, it was snowing when we got to 11,000 feet and they yeah. shut us down. We originally, we were going to go all the way to the summit. Yeah, there was which snow is on about I got there. 17,000 feet. Yeah. But 11,000, they shut us down. That's exactly where I was shut down the year before when I was there for the airstrip attack. <laughs> and I'm like, man, is this going to become like my you know, my unicorn where I haven't conquered Pikes it's, Peak? It's going to be your Eleanor, right? Yeah. And the whole thing is we got up there and they were they were actually moving the, um, the vehicles to clear the mountain for the rest of the way up right. that morning. And I was like, well, you know, we got all-wheel drive. We can go. We yeah. can go. Yeah. Pinzilla can handle it. Absolutely. But we got some really pretty shots of it in the snow. And yes. uh, I got to tell you, it was just as exciting going up as coming down. Really? Coming down the mountain is, is challenging. It's actually a little more challenging than coming up. Yeah. Because you got say, weather. You burn the weather. Your brakes out? Oh, no, no. A lot of people can. Yeah. And if you're not careful, you do that. But, you know, basically you gear down. Yeah. You know, I, I put it in manual mode and I'm gearing down the car. I mean, I love listening to the exhaust anyway. Yeah. So that's all a part of the excitement. I love it. I, one of these days, I'll have to drive up there, but probably be in the Bronco because it's four-wheel drive. Well, be careful. Don't tip over. Right. Because, it, you know. I'm not doing it for time, though. Okay, just, thank you. Just to say I did it. Speaking of the four-wide a minute ago, you said you won. Now, obviously, it's a drag strip race, but who did, how it did is, you win? It's a quarter mile, baby. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> I, knew you, I knew you were going to say that. Did you know I was going I there? I did. I absolutely knew it. What was most interesting about it was, you know, basically, you just pulled in the line. You could, you could It was grudge match. 101. So you, so you could take anybody. Yeah, you could take anybody on you wanted to. So um, I went up against some GT3s. I went up against McLarens. I went against Turbo Porsches. So and you beat them all. I did. What? 
Yes! The McLarens, too? What, which kind of McLarens? Uh, you know, the new one, the smiley face one that I can't stand. Oh, yeah, that yeah, one. Okay. That one. And that, that's a funny story because when we get into that, um, I'll get into that a little bit later. But the first car I picked on was a GT3 Porsche. All right. And I do love, I'm a Porsche guy, inside out. Man, the car is beautiful, but it's no match for Penzilla. All wheel drive, 1,000 horsepower. And you know what? Here's the funny thing I wasn't even running a 1,000 horsepower tune. You had, didn't have it tuned for the No, drag. I did not. In fact, my first two passes were on my cruising tune, which is probably like some we're in the neighborhood of 700 horsepower. I mean, it's not even, we're not even close to reaching the potential. So basically and I didn't even launch it hard. So you watch the videos online and, and I'm actually, I'm actually letting the guy in the GT3 go ahead of me and then I'm catching him and smoking him because that's the fun part of it. You yeah. know, because is it a challenge if you take off and everybody's always behind you? No. So no. let them go a little bit ahead and then ha ha, reel them in and <laughs> so basically you were, you were the jerk of the track. I was sucker punching people. You, were, I, it was, you know what it was? It was like playing pool and you know you're going to take their money. Yeah, exactly. When you sit there and you're a pool shark, mm -hmm. it was the same thing. I was a Penzilla shark. You were the hustler. Yeah, I was a hustler. You were the hustler. Okay. I, how I many, felt like Paul Newman. How many <laughs> races did you race? I raced like six times. I, I, you know, it wasn't an... I, well, yeah, but here's the thing. I would take breaks in between, go oh, talk yeah. to the crowd. I mean, huge amount of fans pour, poured out for this event because yeah. you're talking about $40 million worth of automobiles yeah. that are drag racing. I mean, right there, that's epic. That's awesome. Yeah. So the sound alone had to just be I mean, when you've got Ferrari F12s out there running, and you got 458s, and you've got Lamborghini Aventador SVs out mm. there, I mean, you're talking about multi, multi-million dollar cars out there on the track running, and anything could break, anything could go wrong. You yeah. know, it's a little bit of a, a stress cooker, you know. And yeah. these guys are taking them to the limit. I mean, there was a there was a Lamborghini Huracan out there that had the whole Ricky Bobby shake and bake thing going on, and it ran a 970. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What did you so, run? I ran an 1150 the first two times out. On the uh -huh. first pass, and then I came in and I'm like, I went to my tuner and I said, uh, "Hey, you, we got to pick up the pace." Yeah, 11:50. I mean, it's great on a street tune when you're getting 25 miles to the gallon. <laughs> I need to go fast. Yes. So, and if anybody doesn't know, my tuner is Meg, <laughs> <laughs> and that was an interesting story. Meg with a laptop. I, I pull into the pit. Yeah. Right, and I'm like, Meg, I've got to go faster. The whole time I'm on the phone, I'm like, she's, you know, hey, that was a good run, not good enough. <laughs> we need to go faster, and I didn't beat him by far enough. You know. I, I, I want to keep beating him. Not enough legs. So I, I pull in the pit, and all of a sudden, Meg comes over in the passenger seat, and she gets out the tuner, and she's setting up my you know race tune, You're which right. is still detuned. I had everything set up so the car could go the distance, and the max tune that we were going to run was about 800 horsepower. Yeah. We weren't going to even get close to the 1,000. It's not worth I mean, you know, we're going, we're putting like 5,000 miles just on this GR road trip. You know what I mean? That's a lot. That's a lot, and, and endurance, you yes. know, from every day, up in the car, go, go, go. So Meg comes in, she's setting up the tomb. All these guys are, you know, asking me about what have you done in the car? Oh, the car's awesome. The wrap is cool. Love the texture. You know, really getting into it. And they look over and they go, is she your tuner? And I'm like, well, yeah. And I had this moment of, you know, like puffy chestness where I'm like, well, isn't everybody's wife their tuner? <laughs> and so you this, whole, thi this whole thing went through the crowd. I'm serious. Like, yeah. The, everybody was like this. And it was like, dude, you see that girl over there? Yeah. <laughs> that girl. <laughs> She's his tuner. No. And everybody was talking about it, dude. And it was like one of those things that you could just go out and market. Meg's a tuner. Yeah. So now she can add that to her resume. Well, especially since you kept winning. Yeah. All well, right. it was great because now she set up my yeah. race tune, which is still detuned. I yes. want everybody to realize that. We haven't even tapped the potential, the full potential of Pinsel. But at least you got it upgraded to the race tune. Right. So I go out there on the race tune, all right? Yeah. 1090, baby. Wow. Yes. That's a whole second better. Uh-huh. Nice. But here's the best part of it. My reaction time off the line yeah. was the record of the day. What? Point zero zero eight. No way. Yes. Smoking hot, baby. <laughs> There's a reason I could not be a, a drag racer because I'd be like, "What is that green?" You got to watch the tree, right? It's, you it's a watch whole it count precision, down. yeah. And you, you really don't go on green. I would blink. You go on the yellow, almost going out. Right, right. That's, that's about, really when you launch. But I would blink and yawn like yeah. right before. Yeah, but even then, I didn't launch the car hard. A lot of you know, you go on the forums and you watch these, and these guys are going, "Well, I launched my car between 3,800 RPMs and 4,500. I think I launched the car at that time at 3,000 RPMs." <laughs> 
you know. Still way below. And right. still beat. And still beat him. Everybody that I talked to. Oh, this one killed me. So I pull up the line one time. Yeah. And I'm like, there's nobody in line. And so the guy comes over to me and he goes, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to take a pass by yourself? I'm like, who wants to pass by yourself? Right. So what I did was I called it out. I said, hand me the microphone. Does anybody want to challenge me? <laughs> so all of a sudden, you hear that this guy, this this famous race car driver that's actually on the Gold Rush, right? And yeah. he's getting suited up. And I think, oh, man, what, what what's coming out? You know, what's <laughs> what it's going on? So he's getting in his fire suit. They, they were going through step by step. He's getting his helmet on. And here comes this McLaren. And I thought, man, okay, well, this is going to be cool. I called him out. I'm going to run a McLaren. Yeah, if he beats me, he beats me. You know, right. You know he's me. got a fire suit on. I don't on. care. He, oh, he's race ready. Right. We get up on the line. That's the last time I saw him. Really? I was gone, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I ran another 1090, and who, I don't know what happened to him. Who was that? I, I don't even, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know who he was. Just some guy in a fire suit in McLaren. Somebody in a fire suit. I probably met him later without right. the fire suit. <laughs> it could have been the Stig, for all I know. But all I'm telling you is <laughs> yeah. I left him at the line. It was the Stig on the Gold Rush. That's right. So you uh, you beat the McLaren, you beat the Stig. We'll just call him the Stig. We'll just call him the Stig right now. And he probably wants to be known as the Stig anyway. <laughs> he probably does. He got beat by a GTR. What else did you race? You raced the McLaren, you raced uh, some GT3s? I raced a GT3 yeah. uh, a few times. Okay. I like beating up on the same people. So you wait, you raced one GT3 more than once? Yes. Uh, I raced him a, a total of three times. I went to go for a fourth run uh-huh. just to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was actually in the fourth run, I was going to run it in reverse just to give him a sporting <laughs> chance. to be a jackass. <laughs> I thought I'd pull up at the line in reverse, you know, and do a reverse cowgirl and still beat him, you know, on the, down the track. But no. Jay turn and see you. Well, you know, it's funny about the guys. I went up and said, hey, man, there's nobody out there. We got plenty of time. Let's do another run. Oh, man, I'm out of gas. Who is this guy? It sounds like you have a personal vendetta against somebody it's with not. a It's not. Actually, he's actually a really down-to-earth cool guy yeah? that can't drive. His name's <laughs> Jebo Lopez. <laughs> okay. I want to get his side. I'm telling you, his side's going to be about the same as my side. I know you, and you have a little bit of braggadocio in you. I do? Just braggadocio? Yeah. Get out. The big words. We're at a... Fr- <laughs> I like that. Braggadocio. Yes. So let's get Jebo on the phone, then. You got his number? I do. Okay, let's call him up. I want to see what he says about it. Hi, this is Jeb. Jebo, this is Ethan and Jeff from Skidmark Show, and I got to ask you a wow. few questions. Oh, what do I owe? Well, what do I owe? What you owe the pleasure to is that Jeff has been talking some smack up in here about oh how. Oh, my God. Yup, yup. No, no, we're, Jebo. We're going to have a round two. Okay. Jebo, you know I would never talk smack. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so he you. He saw my face. Okay, I admit, he saw my face of defeat, and we'll get to that story. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he beat you more than once at the four uh, wide. Hold up, hold up. So, <laughs> so okay, I have like a thousand miles on my GT3 at that time, right? Not even broken and, in is what uh, you're saying. No, not even broken in. So I'm like, how the hell do you do a launch control? So I was asking all these, you know, car guys, like, how do you do a launch control? I was looking at YouTube, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I didn't even, I, I did not prep the car, right? So whatever, no excuses. Uh, Jeff did beat me by the first one, at least a, a car length. And the second one, I don't know what Meg did to the to the computer, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I can say is I was uh, shouting uh, several, uh, things in my in my uh, Filipino language that shouldn't be uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to hear what that is. We don't have that many Filipino listeners. I want you to cuss at Jeff in in Filipino. <laughs> I say putangina more, Jeff. What the fuck? I was like, what is what? What did Meg do to that car? I was like, and I was on Facebook Live, right? So people were saying, what the, what happened? I'm like, dude, I don't know what happened, but they did something, and and she, they just flew by, and then Jeff was like, oh, you know, uh, I also. Have have a full chunk of luggage and stuff and <laughs> the throttle it wasn't it wasn't wide open throttle I was like yeah whatever okay yeah not only did he beat you and you're asking why he gets to come in and rub it in yeah I had extra weight in the back <laughs> exactly exactly that's what he said exactly but the funny thing is about Jebo is I actually I went up to him a, I think it was a fourth time and I'm like hey let's go out one more time and he's like I, I have no fuel so I, I, I seriously I did not have fuel no more don't they make that though I mean you could have gotten more and put it in the car? That's that's how that works, isn't it? Wait, wait. Whose side are you on now? <laughs> whose side are you on? <laughs> so what happened was, uh, you know, the, the funny thing is on the track, it was really it was really slippery. So no matter what I did, every time I did launch, launch control, it would just not grip. Couldn't grip at all. And obviously the GTR's all-wheel drive system, hello. Hello. You know, boom. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, he got shot right but, away. Well, but for the record, I didn't launch above 2,800 RPMs. Oh, yeah. See, he's just, rubbing just it in be, more. No, no, no. No, I'm being serious because, you know, here's the thing. We are in Charlotte. We're on the Gold Rush Rally. And, you know, my yep. my goal is to finish. Right. You know, we last year, the year before, we only did half the rally. And uh, I felt like we missed the best half <laughs> after we got <laughs> off because, you know, I still followed it on Facebook. And these guys were having so much fun. Yeah. And they ended up in Miami and they went through all of it. I was like, this year we're doing the whole thing. And I'm going from start to finish. And I'm, and I'm finishing the rally. And, and that's really epic because, you know, as Jevo knows, a few cars don't finish the rally every year you know oh, whether yeah. mechanical or or whether they can only go halfway you know on the trip so it's a big accomplishment so we were we were just in charlotte uh-huh. i was on the wrong side of the u.s to be really going squirrely <laughs> with it well what i want to say no, here but, is jeb i want to give you a minute because we, we've heard jeff talk about how good he is with this car <laughs> we've heard that plenty now what what, what people are failing to remember is that it was meg that was working the nissan voodoo with the computer that set up the car exactly she is my she tuner did something yeah. yeah. She was a, you know, she, the, the funny thing is, so on our first run, he beat me by a car length. And then, so we parked and he said, okay, Meg, yeah, uh, let's get your computer out. We, we're we're going to do this now. And she's like, N- like right now? And, and, <laughs> and, and so she, five minutes later, I'm like, okay, let's, let's get it on, man. Two times a charm. Let's get it on. And that thing just flew. And, you know, Jeff has done a lot of rallies like I have. And honestly, my weapon of choice for any rally is a GTR. Why? And I, Look, yeah, and I think that's part of the reason I picked on him is I'm, I'm going to tell you right now because he posted something on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Because you know this this was the year of the GT3. I'm just going to say it right now. Oh my G- god. GR8 should have been changed to GT3 R8 because <laughs> yes, there was so many wing warriors out there. You know that I just had to keep up. That's why I put a bigger spoiler in my car to kind of fit in okay. with the GT3s because they they were everywhere. So, but he posted a thing on there. Should I take my GT3 or should I? Take take my GTR. And me, I'm like, hey, brother, you got to stick together. GTR all the way. And then he shows up with a GT3. So you had to rub it in because he brought the Porsche. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I had to pick on him because I was oh, like, man, man. You, you you succumbed to, uh, you know, all the critics out there and you went with the GT3 and you should have gone GTR because he is a GTR guy. I know it. Deep down inside, yeah, you, pull, you pull his man card and it says GTR. Okay. <laughs> so next rally, Jebo, it's going to be GTR versus GTR. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's Maybe. game on. I, I'm looking. I, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the 2016-17s to come down in price. And maybe. I mean, those are. I mean, honestly, those are really comfortable cars. I. I feel. I feel safe if I'm driving 3,000 miles across the country in a DTR. Well, that's it. what you need to do is you just need to make Meg a better offer so that she comes over yes. to your team. <laughs> <laughs> who who Meg. needs AMS performance, right? Who needs AMS performance when you have Meg? Exactly. Meg you Meg That's and you right. win. That's right. But here's the deal. I did give him a rematch, okay, because the neat thing about G- G- GR8 was, as I said, okay, your car is really a track car. It really is. A yeah, GT3 is. is a track car. It's a cornering monster, all right? And I said, we're going to Vegas. We're doing the road course at yeah. Vegas. So let's run for the best time. Yeah. And because we're in Vegas, let's put a little wager on it because we're in Vegas. Yeah, baby. And he was down. You know, he's he's all game. You got to love that guy because he's always all, all <laughs> smiles and attitude. Jebo is. I mean, he's like, he's like a cheerleader. I mean, <laughs> right when you're there, he's just pumping everybody along to just get through this. So we get to the track and we're having a great day at the track. We really are. And I'm, I'm ready. Because at lunchtime, it's we're squaring off. We've already dropped the gauntlet. It's right. on. Then I get the notice that uh, he may have overfilled the oil. <laughs> in okay, the look, listen. Here's here's a new Biam. Okay. Okay. I, so on the G, so I, I did about six or seven laps, and then my oil um, filler said low in oil. Please fill oil. So hey, you know, okay. Um, let me get a quart. Just put it all in. So I put it all in, and suddenly when I started it, it it started to uh, to uh, have white smoke. Uh oh. So all the GT3 owners are like, "Oh my God, you overfilled it. You're not supposed. You're only supposed to put like you know a, 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 a small amount just to fill <laughs> yeah. it up." Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, it's funny, but <laughs> Porsche and BMW are all doing the same thing. They go, they get like an ounce below, and their your oil light comes on. So the quart was like ten times too many. Probably. So. Oh my God. Yeah. So on the spot we had to drain the oil and then i had to bring it to the shop next door and change the oil meantime the cameras are rolling here's jeff saying okay it's lunchtime 
you and I are supposed to have a bet, and I look at him like, dude, I swear to God, I would love to, but I can't. I, I, here's my here's my handkerchief. I'm done. I can't. It's, <laughs> I need to change the oil. I don't know how we know when it's going to be done. Oh, my gosh. It sucked. You were just a victim of circumstance all the time on this one, weren't you? <laughs> yes. I, you know. So, hands down, Jeff won, Jeb zero. Wow. On this one. On well, this one. There's always a rematch. Always a rematch. Yeah. Now, let's get on to the important part of why I brought him on the on the show. All right. Okay. This guy was just featured on CNBC's show, Blue Collar Millionaire. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Wheels Up. I want to talk about the man behind everything GR and, you know, oh the company gosh. Wheels Up. So let's talk about that because, Jevo, that's, that's a story we wanted to get out there. Okay. Uh, Jeff, you know, because I think you were, you owned a couple of dealerships, didn't you? I have, yes. Okay. So one of the biggest um, headaches of a dealership under the parts department is delivering auto parts. Correct. They can't find, you know, good good folks who either one can speak English, who can represent the dealership, who have bigger vehicles that can fit bigger parts. So five years ago, I started a company uh, just focusing on that in the D.C. metro area. And so uh, flash forward to now, I started with two vans then. Now I have 118 vans and over 130 employees. And all we do is we move parts in the D.C. metro area all the way up to Baltimore. So we move tires, you know, Nissan parts, uh, Ferrari parts parts, etc. See so that? Did you that, hear that? He didn't say Hyundai or Kia. No, no. I mean, so we'll ruin the every, guy's every, reputation. Almost here. every manufacturer, almost every manufacturer, and we're getting there. And it's, you know, I, I started it with bootstrap money, so it, it's getting to a point where it's really getting big. But that's what I wanted to do. And because of my expertise in logistics and planning, I love cars. I love rallying. You know, Jeff and I did bull run. Uh, I did it many times. I think Jeff, you did it once or twice. I, I did it the last time. I think I broke it. <laughs> See what happened? <laughs> yeah. I, I went on Bull Run and they're like, that's it. <laughs> Just ruined the franchise. So, you know, the car world is small. And uh, I got to meet a, a really good friends, Amy Shackelford and um, Ramin Arami. And uh, they said, hey, uh, would you be interested in helping us, uh, you know, elevate uh, Gold Rush? I said, sure. So three years ago, I, I, I joined their team. And uh, all I do is plan their events and so every single minute and action that leads up to every single day of, of Gold Rush is, you know, we planned that for over a year. In fact, we're, we're, we're planning. We're already planning now. I can't give you all the details, but um, after Vegas, we're, we're supposed to release the, uh, the route. Oh, neat. Well, here, okay, so Wheels Up started with, would you say, three trucks? We started, uh, you know, five years ago, and um, and now it, it, they're all brand new vehicles. We're able to afford uh, Nissan NVs. And how many do you have now currently? I, I just want to repeat that for the record, because, you know, the time frame here, <laughs> I mean, this is, no, yeah, it's so incredible two, growth, Jebo. Yeah, we're trying. It's uh, it's two vans back in 2000, uh, end of 2010, uh, start of 2011. Uh, right now, we're reaching 118. Uh, actually, it's 118 now, but we're adding 25 more in the next uh, two weeks. We, we got a big client in uh, in Baltimore from mile one, and we're, we're doing a lot of their dealerships. Well, I'm proud of you, brother. That's awesome. Thank so you. let's talk about let's talk about how you got tied in with CNBC and the in the television show. Let's talk about how they found yeah, you. Yeah, sure. The name of the show is Blue Collar Millionaires. So there's a lot of businesses out there that focus on just blue collar work. You know, either you get dirty or it's a it's a work that you know you really don't get a pat in the back or you don't have to wear a tie to 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 make your money, right? Yeah. So uh, they noticed I was delivering auto parts and my hands get dirty and you know there's traffic and there's all these nuances about delivering parts on time for dealerships and mechanic shops and body shops. So they interviewed me and said, hey, you know, let's, can we follow you for, for a week and see what your life's all about? And they did. And so, yeah, the prerequisite was to make a million at least. So at least at least I, I made a million. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. You've got 100 vans. I should hope so. 100 plus. Trying to get, you know, trying to catch up to Jeff. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Man, it's, it's, it's like, hey, it's like, I'm be, it's like Jeff is like my mentor or something. Oh. Oh man, now you now you're really. I mean, you're. I'm I'm blushing. Jevo, thanks for joining us on the show, my friend. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh my God, you. thank you. And what uh, an opportunity. Hopefully soon you'll get that rematch with Jeff, and we can uh, be on your side. Jeff, round two, man. Prepare you, for round two. You got it. And plus, where can people go and learn more about Wheels Up? I mean, you, you've got to have a website. Wheelsup.com. Wheelsup.com. W h e e l z u p dot com, and also check out GoldRushRally.com. And when are you going to be on TV? When does the episode air? October. 
October, and they filmed you too, so you, I'm sure they're going to show you. Well, you never know. I, I'm not usually one camera one ready. Second. One second. <laughs> Jabo, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it, thank bro. Thank you, guys. Love the show. Thank you. All right, take care. I'll have to admit, Jabo confirmed most of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, there's two sides to every coin. Right. I'm telling you, I'm giving you the good side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your good side. Right, right. Okay, he gave us the other side. I'm so excited about this next guy coming on, Brian Salomon. Yeah. Team Salomon. I don't know if you followed any of the Gold Rush stuff. I did a little the, bit. He is the zero one car. Okay, right? which one was that? It's the gold Lamborghini SV. Oh, yes. Did you see it? I did. Gold and silver, chrome. Yeah. I mean, this guy is the essence of Gold Rush. Is he the style captain? He is. The trend center? I, mean, this, I, I think all year long, this guy spends nothing but time figuring out what outfit for every single day and down to the jewelry, the rings, the sunglasses, the hairspray, <laughs> just <laughs> everything, man. This guy, it, it, it's, it's like a mission. When you look for a poster child yeah. for GR, this is your poster child. Salomon Racing? Salomo, uh, Team Salomon. Team Salomon. He's an attorney. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get him on the phone so he can tell us more about his style and Team Salomon. Yeah, you're probably going to want his number. You I might will, need him from I will time need to an time. Attorney, yes. Let's get Team Salomon on the phone, huh? Let's do that. Hello. Is this Brian Salomon? That's me. This is the leader of Team Salomon. Rad, dude. <laughs> it's a good thing you named it that because it works with your name too, so that like fits perfectly. It does. That was the idea. <laughs> All right, Mr. Salomon. I want to just give a little bit of intro, a little bit more okay. to who we're talking to here. This is Team Zero One. This is the first team on Gold Rush. Now, the first team to sign up this year? No, 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 no. New, new, new. This is his permanent number. Oh. And on top of it, he also won MVP this year. Oh. Okay. So I just want to let you know, I'm setting the stage because I, don't, I know you don't know him, but you're going to want to know this guy. So how did you end up being Team Zero One, the first team on the Gold Rush, Mr. Salomon? Uh, I'm Team Zero One in most major rallies, oh. whether it was Bull Run, Gold Rush, or Gumball. And I've done Gold Rush three years, and we bring some uh, life and some <laughs> some uh, real good spirits. So I always ask, can I be car number one, O one, in a chrome Lambo? Wow, a yeah. chrome but not Lambo. Not just any chrome Lambo, all right? This guy, I mean, I, Brian, you, you're being really modest right now. This guy, yeah. his car was flown over. What? <laughs> yes, to get here in time. From where? In time. Tell him, tell him, Brian, let's get, let's back up to the whole story. All right, here's how the, the story goes. Each year I get a brand new Lamborghini and we go for the 12-cylinder models. I have more experience in the Aventadors or the 12-cylinder models than any living human. I usually rack up about 50,000 miles a year on these Lambos. Wow. And, yeah. And we do uh, special designs. We have design contests. Uh, last contest was won by a 14-year-old kid, believe it or not. Oh, We spend, yeah. <laughs> we spend like $30,000 wrapping it four times. And we do all sorts of crazy stuff to these cars. But this year, the new Super Veloce uh, Roadster was not ready in time. And we needed it. So they promised me they would ship it to the airport in New York, which they did. And they flew me by helicopter to watch it come out of a giant jumbo uh, cargo plane. It was amazing. Oh, that's got to be the coolest thing in the world. It's got to be epic, right. is what it is. It's amazing to see it come down, and it comes out of the nose of the plane, not the back. The actual nose comes off the plane, and this it was a jet black Lambo with wild body kit and fins coming out. It was insane. Is this one of those military transport planes where the nose pops up over the plane? <laughs> it's, it looks like that, but actually looks more like a standard 747. I mean, a passenger plane. You wouldn't imagine the nose is coming out. Wow. Did the, I, yeah. I wish there was video of that. That would be rad to see. He has. He has video. What? He's got pictures. What? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, because the whole time you had another SV. You had a coupe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, man. we had another SV. And, you know, I just didn't want to be in Gold Rush with a car that had the roof on it. Who does that? I needed a, I needed a uh, roads. <laughs> it's, it's tough to be you, isn't it, Mr. Salomon? No, I want the oh, convertible yeah. for this rally. Well, it's That's also right. tough for his partner to stand out if there's a roof. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly you have some friends with Lamborghini that uh, have helped you out a little bit here. I do. You know, they're an amazing company. When they when it turned into basically Volkswagen, Audi, Lamborghini, Bentley, I was very nervous that they would stop to, they'd start forgetting their customers. But let me tell you something. They're unbelievable. First name basis with everybody. One of my Chrome cars is the screensaver at the factory on all their computers. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> oh, <yeah>. cool. <laughs> You talk about making an impact. This yeah. guy does. But, Brian,
Brian, it's not just about your car. I mean, your car is epic. But you too, right. the way you come into this with the clothes, give us an idea about how all that started. Well, uh, eventually, well, in the beginning, I wanted to be an artist. And my dad said, you got to be, be something else. Lawyer or doctor? Very successful lawyer. Probably the best in New York. I think the best. And when we go into a rally, we go all out. Uh, we're known for, I have 70 carats worth of diamonds on uh, in all <laughs> unique team. Yeah, team jewelry. Uh, we design all our clothes. We design all our logos. And we design our shoes. And everything about the car is, is custom designed. It takes us 10 months to prepare for a rally. We're already preparing for both Gold Rush 9 and the Gumball 20th anniversary, which is two years from now when we're going to go around the whole world. Are you really? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I haven't even seen 70 carats in one place in the supermarket. So that's <laughs> that's insane. That's yeah. got to be just like shiny. Just bling. It just I, man, I'm telling the epitome you, this, of bling. This, I, I thought I had fashion game. Yeah. And the first time I went on Gold Rush, I was just shut down. So are you and we hadn't even We hadn't even started Gold Rush, and I met him in the elevator. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I need to go back to square yeah. one. <laughs> did you immediately have to go shoe shopping? I did. I did. I actually took off that. <laughs> the next I had to go shoe shopping, but still couldn't keep up with his game. <laughs> Man, that is awesome. I've got to go riding with this guy. Well, talk. let's talk about the, the beginning of all this, Brian, because obviously you just didn't wake up and you weren't just you know handed Lamborghini keys and said, hey, go out and do this rally stuff. Because I, I know when you were talking about Boston, it was kind of an emotional thing that you were starting back in Boston. Tell us about that story. Well, this particular rally was emotional for us because uh, I went to Boston University and when I did it, Boston University was about $50,000 a year. And my parents told me very candidly, we're not paying for anything like that. So I was mopping floors at the local, back in the days they were discos where people would dance. I would be serving the French fries and stuff and then mopping the floors while my college friends would make fun of me. And then I lived off campus in really a slum type house, one of those uh, with seven roommates and all of that. And they were all waitresses and waiters and no students but me. So to be back in that town where I was the poorest, rocking the 70 carats with the gorgeous, big breasted blonde girlfriend and the chrome Lamborghini, it was really something. So you are the epitome of the American dream is what you're saying, that you did the hard work while everybody else slacked off and look at you now. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. The jobs that I've done over my life. I mean, at 13, I remember writing letters to the newspaper saying, I think I can deliver this. I'm good on my bicycle. Wow. Okay. And, uh, yeah. L um, let's move on. Big breasted blonde girlfriend. <laughs> yes, absolutely. T tell us about that. How? Did <laughs> but let me, let me tell you something. Not only does he bring that to the table, yes. but everywhere he stops, there's just more women show up. Ah. I mean, yes. everywhere along the whole trip. I mean, it's not just one. It's like at every locale. You are one of the main attractions is what Jeff is saying. He's a chick magnet. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was actually in, in uh, Gold Rush with Jeff, right in the start line, we saw a model and I told her, gee, what if you take your clothes off? She did. <laughs> and then the photographer that was photographing her, I noticed she bent over and she had a thong on. So I said, you know what? I asked the photographer, can you take your clothes off too? She says, sure. And it just went like that. And then we got some amazing photos right there in the start of the book. I love the, this uh, guy. Right in Boston. Rush. I told phenomenal. you you would. I want to be this guy. I know you like, do. If I had been born in New York and grew up to be an attorney, I would be this guy. You would, well, want, you know, you would it, want to. It's better than you would imagine. In fact, uh, we have a record. It's 11 naked girls in one Lamborghini at the same time. Wow. That's my personal record. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I had 12. I asked one to get out so I could get in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, we have to go for a new record in that, but I want to be there this time. I think I could help. Um, uh, that'll be no problem. Put them in the see car. What we're doing for 4th of July. And you know what? We also do the Adult Film Awards. We do, we've been to the Playboy Mansion with this car. Life is good. Yes, life is very life good. Life is really good when you own a Lamborghini. Wow, not only do I need an attorney, but I just need a friend like this. You're not kidding. <laughs> Brian, getting back to it, how did you start? What was the first rally you went on? What was the vehicle you were driving at that time? Well, I had I had a Lotus uh, six-speed, and it was a real piece of junk. I loved the car, but pieces were falling off it while I was driving. Okay, back up. Lotus what? Uh, Lotus Elise, and uh, it was wonderful. It's how I learned how to do uh, sports cars. It was low to the ground with a six-speed, you know? Right, right. Very familiar and with the car. I can't fit in it at all, but very familiar with it. Correct. Very difficult to fit in. 
Jones. Um, so my girl, she says, you know, you, you really are more successful than this. Why don't you get a Lamborghini? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, don't you I love know. it when the ladies in our lives go shopping for us? <laughs> so, you know, we did. We got one and we made a 15 second video and submitted it to Bull Run Rally. Uh, back then, it was on TV. It was on MTV with Ice-T and the Dudesons and a bunch of other people. And it's a very embarrassing little video. It's just us talking and they loved it and they gave us a great spot and we were all over the Bull Run Rally and it was a time of our lives. It was fantastic. So that's how it happened. It just You, you jumped into it. It was one of those things you, you did you did you see uh, movies or TV inspire you or just it was one thing you just said, hey, I'm going to do this rally. Uh, we had already done a lot of adventure stuff, whether it was jumping out of planes. I dove for great white sharks. We had exploring whoa, whoa, uh, volcanoes. You, wait, you, you, uh, you were swimming, swimming with, with great white sharks? Yeah, off Guadalupe Island. We were watching the National just uh, National Geographic, and we saw the great whites jumping and eating the seals. Yeah. Oh, so I just, yeah, I called my concierge. I said, hook that up for me, and we were on a boat the next day. Yeah, I got to hang out with this guy. He does everything I like doing. I mean, I have I a don't, I don't, I don't want to be the seal off the back of that boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have people it's, in place to make sure that's not you. Oh, okay. Well, you know good. what it is? When you put on that wetsuit, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you say, I look just like a seal. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then they put you in the cage. Man, uh, yeah. that's amazing. I'm going to go. I do. I want to go bungee jumping with this guy. Oh, yeah. L- life is short. So we go to this bull run. After the bull run, it was so competitive. It was, you know, people competing against each other for speed. And uh, someone told me there was this other rally called Gold Rush. And it would be kind of like a, a competition on who's richer and a bunch of gold shoes and a bunch of people trying to outdo each other. And it sounded perfect. So we said, we're in. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you whipped out the 70 carats of rocks and you're good to go. Oh, yeah. Hey, but one thing getting back to, you said something earlier that really touched me here, that 50,000 miles a year on a Lamborghini? Yes. There's a few things I believe I started, and one of them back in, say, around 2009, I believe I was the first person to drive these cars this much, and each of our Lamborghinis is currently the highest mileage Lamborghini in the world for its model. Wow. Yeah, because even the, the coupe you turned in just recently, I think you told me it had quite a bit of, it had, what, 11,000 on it already? 11,000 miles in three months. It's the highest mileage SV on the face of the planet right now. See, this guy gets it. You get a car like that and you drive it. You hey, know? you might as well. Life's yeah. too short. Absolutely. Keep that stuff parked in the garage. We are all brothers from other mothers, and this is we should be the three musketeers. Mr. Solomon, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, we really appreciate Fantastic. you being on. It's so cool. I can't wait for GR9. We'll see you then. Thank you for having me. Before we go, tell everybody where they can find you, see pictures of your amazing Lambo and all your jewels online, like on Instagram and Facebook and everything. Uh, you'll have some great fun, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, or Facebook with just Team Salamone as one word, T-E-A-M-S-A-L-A-M-O-N-E, Team Salamone. And I have to tell you, we're a big fan of Jeff Allen. I watched his shows. I listen to everything he does. And when you rally with this guy, no matter what's going on, it's hot, it's tiring, you're hungry, you look over at him, and he's got the biggest smile of anyone I've ever met. And it's a pleasure to rally with him, and I hope to see him on GR9. Thank you so much, brother. It's a pleasure to rally with you. All right. Take care. That is the coolest guy I think we've talked to ever on this show, <laughs> and we've talked to some cool people. I'm telling you, the guy's epic, and he has such a great attitude. Yeah. You know, when he goes into it, he's, he's not pretentious like a lot of people that, you know, have that kind of money. Right. And he's very, and, he, and you heard him himself. He came up the right way. He worked it. Yeah. He worked hard. Yeah. I mean, mopping floors, serving french fries, yeah. people making fun of him at Boston University, and the guy rolls up this year, 70 carats like you heard, driving a new car that just got delivered in an airplane. Thank yeah. you very much. Now, my favorite thing, and you're right at the end, he had it right. He was talking about how you always have your smile on your face. I always try to have a smile on my face. We're always about living positive here, and this guy obviously is living that life. He's the kind of guy I want to hang out with more. That He's just rad. He is. So, uh, road trip, hang out with Team Solomon. You got it. Skidmark Show, find us on Online at iTunes and SkidmarkShow.com. This is Skidmark Show, powered by Pennzoil.